Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Believe. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited to be joined today by my friend and co-founder of Posse, Margot Gill. Margot talks about the genesis of Posse, not being boxed in, changing the rules, and so, so much more. This is a fantastic episode, so let's get to it. Margot, thank you so much for joining me today. It really is my favorite thing when my friends do really cool things and then I get to have them come on Get My Job and tell us all about it. So as you guys heard in the intro, Margot is the co-founder of Posse, which just launched and we're going to do things a little differently today. Instead of taking us your whole journey to get here, let's start with Posse. Tell everybody exactly what it is, the genesis, and how it all began. Yes. So first, thank you for having me on. I know we've been talking about it for a little bit, but I was like, can we wait till we launch? And so now it's here. But yes, uh, Posse is a brand new platform. It is a white labeled platform that basically allows athletes to create their own personal websites and we help manage it and they can kind of choose what monetization features they want um, to be able to you know, kind of maximize their name, image, and likeness kind of in this space. But the short version of that is we build websites for athletes that make them money. And <laughs> now, you know what? I think that's very succinct. And I truly like that. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So it's, it's definitely been a journey, two years to get to this point. We've had some pivots. Um, I do have a co-founder as well. She's also a woman. Um, she has not come forward. She's waiting a little bit to reveal herself. But um, so I won't go too much into that. But Yes, it's, it's been two of us working on this for over two years now. We're finally out in public. We're in beta. Um, super exciting time. But yeah, a lot of madness and chaos. <laughs> it, it is. And can you talk a little bit about that to your process? Because it's hard when you're starting your own thing, especially something like this, which needs to launch. Like it can't be like, I'm just starting it and now we're up and running. There's mm-hmm. a lot that goes into it. Can you talk about that and just how if you've gotten discouraged at all and how you've counteracted that and and all of that fun stuff. Yeah. So 
yes, there's been moments of discouragement, but like both my co-founder and I were like, we are launching this thing. If it takes us 10 years, it's going to take us Mm -hmm. 10 years. Um, And so we are bootstrapping it, which is, I guess, adds to um, just the difficulty level, I guess, meaning that we are self-funding. Um, we did get some from a little friends and family round and, um, yeah, it, it has been a journey. Originally we were starting with a mobile app and okay. we actually built a mobile app <laughs> and mm-hmm. Apple wanted us to make quite a few changes to it. And so just kind of going over that and the cost that was going to take, it just wasn't feeling right. And mm-hmm. so we're like, let's see if we can pivot. We can come back to the mobile app. Let's pivot to like more of a web app for initial launch and then we'll go back and we'll finish out our our mobile app and um just kind of as time went on and we were getting to work on it and we were talking with other people and kind of seeing some other companies launch as well um we really were like we need to change this up a bit and so initially posse was just going to be similar to like an OnlyFans for athletes okay without that was safe for work a safe for work only fans for athletes where it was like Posse was the brand and then athletes made a website that lived on Posse and then like fans could search them on Posse. And then we really were like, the attention should be on the athletes and not really on Posse. So we should white label this. We can, they can still create, they still create their um, website through Posse, Mm -hmm. but they choose their domain. And so it could be, you know, their name, like number.com, whatever they want to be. And then they get all the credit, they're front facing and really Posse is just the technology behind it. And so that was a huge shift that we made. Um, And ultimately I strongly believe that it is a better product for athletes. And so this whole process has been a blessing in disguise that we're actually launching with a better product Um, and is much later than we anticipated. But again, it's a better product and um, it's kind of a no brainer for athletes, you know? So, so yeah, here we are. Bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. So and if you can expand on that, because that's one of the hardest things I think, and I have found this with Fangirl, you have an idea of what it's going to be, and then over time it changes, and you have to be pliable, I guess is a good word. You have to be flexible. Was that difficult or were you guys able to say, you know what, this is really the best thing for Posse and so we can let go of this other part of it? Yeah. I think the thing with my co-founder and I, that we, we do work really well together. And honestly, we both have been guilty of this. We're like, we will have like an idea and be like, this is what we have to do. And usually the other person is kind of like slow to get on board with it. And so Mm -hmm. that forces the person with the idea to really have to like sell it or like give some time or whatever and so throughout this whole process usually the person who comes up with the idea either with that time or having to explain it more we're like oh actually that's a terrible idea let's not do that or we both get on board and so just kind of our communication around things has actually been really great we're like we've given things breaths of air and we've really had to like talk through things and we just have been able to kind of be on the same page through every point mm-hmm. and, and every like major decision that we made. So, so it actually has been relatively seamless as far as making big decisions on changes. Um, some have taken time, like some took months when we decided to do white labeling. I mean, that took months, 
but we were kind of at a standstill anyways. And so once we made that decision, it was like, oh yeah, no, this is easy. This is the way to go. And so, so yeah, it's been, it's been a process, but, <laughs> but we're at the, the hard part really now, which is crazy that the hard part's just starting, but I'm excited for sure. So pre-Posse, you had mm-hmm. a very illustrious sports career. You've been doing, you've done a number <laughs> of things. Can you now go back a little bit and take us through your professional journey that got you to this point? Yes, absolutely. So I actually went to school for digital media and broadcast journalism. I thought I would end up kind of like you doing some sports reporting, having my own little show is kind of what I wanted to do. Uh, More like feature reporting was kind of like what I loved. And so went to school for that, got a ton of experience in in various roles throughout college um, and and really was super excited about it. And then I graduated. I couldn't get a job, a full time job. And so I decided to go to grad school um, and then got my master's in strategic communications And I did that online while also still working like the freelance gigs that I had while I was still an undergrad. And so that's when I kind of started to do some work um, that wasn't in front of the camera and some more like social media content work. And so then that led to my first job with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, And so I worked with them for two seasons, um, social media and did a little bit of on camera work, but it was mainly a social media role. And then um, transitioned from there and went to Open Doors, which is an athlete marketing platform. They do similar-ish stuff to what Posse does, I would say. I mean, just as far as like, we have the same end goal as far as making athletes money. Mm -hmm. Stayed there for about two years and then um, left and just went out on my own and did freelancing. Worked with a small agency um, and just had some other one-off clients. And then um, about a year after I did that was when I started working on Posse. And now two years later, here we are. <laughs> here we are. So going back to your time with the Cowboys and social media and all of that, and then moving into your other roles, how did those roles help prepare you for creating Posse? Yeah, it's, it's actually really crazy to think about every step of my journey and how in the moment you definitely don't see how things are beneficial or how they like kind of play in a role um, and something that might be coming down the future. But every step of my career has absolutely played a role from, you know, reporting, like storytelling type of things. And then social media, like digital media, um, doing some website stuff, you know, that's played into now, you know, just athlete marketing and building websites for athletes. And then um, Open Doors was a startup tech company, which if I hadn't worked there, I would not know anything about what I'm doing now at Posse really Mm -hmm. and then um, just working individually with athletes as well obviously just building those relationships and understanding what they're looking for their pain points all of that and so every step of my journey the good the bad the ugly all the things um, have truly kind of led me to this point that I am now and played a huge role in what I'm doing and it all makes sense suddenly (laughs) that's but that's important and that's the thing you kind of don't know yeah but also, I mean, I always tell people, I, I mean, I worked for the mayor of DC and that really helped prepare me for fangirl because I had to run city agencies mm-hmm. and run budgets. And so everything really does help prepare you, especially if you let it and you're open to it. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit more about Posse and then get into some other things. All right, let's pretend I come to you and I mm-hmm. am a really good quarterback. So this, there's going to be a lot of suspension of disbelief in this, but I want to create Love that. my website. Tracy is the best quarterback.com. Maybe Tracy is the best QB. Quarterback makes it a little wordy. Tracy is the best QB.com. What happens? Yeah. So you go to our website, which is buildyourposse.com. 
And there will be basically a button that says join our beta. Click Mm -hmm. that. There's a short form for you to fill out just your information, the school, your uh, sport, just your social media handles, all that stuff, email. So you send that to us. That's your application. And then we will send you an email with a questionnaire that has a bunch of questions related to what you're looking for from this website um, has all the options of our monetization features so you can pick and choose which ones you want and is it just for college athletes sorry to interrupt you so that is oh no it's totally fine that is kind of the market we're going after technically any athlete um definitely high school as well i would say especially working in pro sports i just don't know that pro athletes would use it as much right as college yeah. or high no, school. No, it, it makes sense. They are welcome sense. to, um, but we do want people who are excited about the opportunity mm-hmm. that comes with it. Cause there will be, you know, some upkeep on them. You know, people are paying them for things. Some things are a lot more passive mm-hmm. than others, but um, yeah, we, we do want athletes who are going to kind of keep up with it as well. So it's, I guess it's not a numbers game for us having 10,000 athletes on there, but three that actually right. use it doesn't do anything for us <laughs> yeah yeah so so uh we will send you a questionnaire um that's a much like deeper questionnaire and that includes a lot of like your likes dislikes it'll have like colors that schemes that you want or like if you can share other websites that you like that you would potentially want us to model it after and then um we'll get that back from you we will build your platform out um oh and you'll share the the url that you want as well the domain which we will purchase but at any time, if an athlete wants to um, get rid of their Posse website, we will just hand that domain over to them. We're not like holding these domains hostages for athletes. Okay. Um, but yeah, then we will build your website and then we will give you access to your website. And um, yeah, you're up and running and can make money as soon as it's up. I can't wait for Tracy's the best <laughs> And now we have to make yeah like like a mock website for that. That could be one of we our sample some, like, a sample of me throwing a football, <laughs> smiling. I'm a spoiler alert, you guys. Yes. Tracy is not the best QB. That might be a more accurate name for my website. Tracy is not the no, best QB. That's amazing. We will have to get that. <laughs> Please put me in a Michigan jersey and them on the mock website just so it feels a little bit real. Uh, So let's go back to your various positions. And I'm sure that you've asked people that you used to work for, that used to work with for advice, for thoughts, all of that. How have you built relationships in this industry over the last several years that really also got you to a point that you could create Posse? Because you can't do that without relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I would say. It's something that I kind of have shied away from, like previously. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm an introvert. And so like, I don't like to feel like I'm bothering people. Mm -hmm. And so I've had to get over that. Mm -hmm. And I advise everyone to, you're usually not bothering people. You're not. Um, And so definitely don't be afraid to reach out to people. So I think for me, um, I mean, when when I was with the Cowboys, just being in the NFL, like social network um, was huge because you got to connect with everybody who worked for every other team. And so, um, and then, you know, just through other sports and all of that. And so I think that was a really pivotal time, just meeting so many people that were just in the industry. Um, And then now, you know, I knew them from online and now I've met so many of them in person, which is so fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also events now that like COVID is mostly over, I guess, I don't know if we can say it's officially over, but real life events are back. And so I've been going to some of those and, and just networking there. But yeah, I mean, social is a great way to meet people. 
So I definitely advise people not to shy away from like reaching out in DMs and stuff. And um, yeah, I will say another tip is always follow up, especially if like you've talked with somebody, um, whether if you've had a phone conversation, follow up with them again, or even if you reach out to somebody and um, they don't respond, like there's so many emails that like I've seen, but just haven't responded to in that moment. And then I forget to go back. So if somebody would have followed up a week later, I probably would have gotten back to them. So like, that's mm-hmm. a huge tip for people is just follow up at least once, probably twice, but yeah, don't be afraid. You know what my dad used to say? Well, he still says, it's just, he hasn't said in a while cause I internalized it and I do, but he says follow up three times because he says that, or, or, or try three times because three times means you're serious and you're not bothering three times at like six times, maybe, but like three times. And it's, and so, um, and that came up years and years ago. I will give a quick story about myself because I think it's apropos here. Mm -hmm. Um, it came up when I was living in DC and I, we had lost reelection. So I was trying to figure out what was I going to do next after working for the mayor and I was interested in potentially franchising uh, a well-known spin studio. So I reached out to both of the owners and it was on the third call that they called me back and they called me back. But first they called back to say, we're not really franchising, but we're probably going to expand and we'll keep you posted. And then they called back again and said, why don't you come to New York and meet with us? And Ultimately, I didn't end up, I did go to New York and met with them. Ultimately, I did not end up opening a spin studio. I did other things, but it was that third call. And she said, when she called me back, I I figured I had to call you back because if you called three times, you meant it. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's the, and I think, you know, and this was before we were texting all the time. This is before, I mean, we, people were texting. Yeah but it wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. And I think in this world of like, oh, I don't want to double text or don't want to do this. Like this is your job and you have to be your own best advocate. And there is a fine line, but there's nothing wrong with being persistent and telling people you're serious. They don't take you seriously. Sure. That's on them, but you've done everything you can. Again, don't call yeah. someone six to 10 times, but I do <laughs> think of following up a few times, I, three is a perfect rule to yeah. me. It, it, can show you that. So there's my little tidbit. I agree. I'm going to use that now officially three times. I think three times. You heard it here first people. Three times is perfectly, (laughs) three times perfectly acceptable. So there you go, guys. There's your big, there's a big tip of the day. Um, Going back to early in your career, or maybe even it's been something in these last couple of years, has there been a criticism that anybody's given you? And I ask this of a lot of my guests because I think it's important to differentiate between constructive criticism and not constructive criticism. I think it's important to differentiate on criticism you should listen to because of the source as so somebody you trust or criticism from a source that you know you can't trust. So I ask people this because I'm curious if you've had a criticism that either was constructive and helped you or you were like, I had to learn to block out that noise because it came from someone I don't respect and, and don't need to be listening to. Yeah. Um, I'm going to twist this a little bit and say just like it's your it's your pod (laughs) a lesson learned okay that like was a really important lesson that came for me getting in trouble I guess at a couple places I've worked okay um and I would just say this is gonna take us in a very different direction but um just that black women in sports have different rules okay um that we have to play by 
and multiple places I've worked, there's been instances um, when I got suspended for doing something that my equals were all allowed to do. And it was just, I was not allowed to do it. Um, and I had to pass it off to somebody else. Another place um, I got shamed and kind of told that they didn't think that I was serious about the job because I had started a podcast um, and that I wasn't um, giving it up to the company if I was doing something on the side. And then they allowed other people to do things on the side. And so I think it was just more so like wake up calls where like, okay, I have a different set of rules and not whether I agree with them or not, that's just kind of the way the industry is. And so I would say that that kind of is a big part of why I did end up just building my own company um, mm -hmm. because I was sick of playing by other people's rules and, and knew that I was kind of being put in a box that I didn't want to be in necessarily that I wanted to kind of break out of, but then wasn't being allowed to. So mm -hmm. not necessarily criticism, but just kind of like, a hard lesson learned um, that definitely has shaped mm -hmm. my career, obviously, from this point. <laughs> Do you feel like if you were starting your career now, and I'm, I'm afraid the answer is probably yes, but if you feel like you were starting your career now, <laughs> do you think that is still the case? Do you think that's improved at all? I think people are better at masking it now. Mm -hmm. Which is not improvement. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think it would have changed, and, and yeah, I, I don't I don't know, but I I would say that people are better at masking it now. I think I, eventually at some point I probably would have run into the same issues that I ran into then. What do you feel you can do um, to help change that? Well, one yep. start a business. <laughs> I can hire <laughs> other people. Um, <laughs> so yeah, a huge part of of me and my co-founder, um, mm -hmm. one of the reasons that we did want to start a business is because we wanted to create new jobs in sports mm -hmm. besides the ones that already exist um and that you know it, it's obviously it's not always you know working for women isn't always better um i know i know i've had some mm -hmm. women managers that weren't always better than men but um i think that we are going to try to make you know our, our company a very diverse and accepting and positive yeah. experience for everybody which i think most people do try that but um I, I think we both had some experience where that kind of um, play into how we want to operate our business. And hopefully it'll be a safe space for, for any marginalized identity um, that wants to work in sports. And so for our listeners who may be running into some of those problems, who may be someplace and mm -hmm. they feel like the rules are different for them and they're running into those issues, do you have any tips for them on how they handle that? Um, that that's I was going to expand, but I don't think there's anything to expand on it. Do you have any tips <laughs> them on how they would handle it? Yeah. I mean, I think for one, don't stop being yourself. Like don't let people put you in a box. Um, you might temporarily have to play by their rules. Absolutely. And um, I think just in general, one thing I had to do is, is when you're with someone and you're not happy, you obviously start looking for another job or whatever, but also like find little joys in what you're doing mm -hmm. um, and find or find safe people around that you work with um where you can still find joy in your job if, if it happens to be a manager that you don't like or it happens to be somebody you work with directly or maybe it's somebody super higher up that you don't have to deal with that much but if you can find something to focus on in your day-to-day -day job that you enjoy and kind of get through it until you can find another place to be that would be my advice um but 
I also don't want to give the advice that you should shrink yourself. I do not believe in that. And that's advice that like, I probably wouldn't have taken at that time. Like, I definitely think I shrunk myself. Um, but I think that that can also create problems. And that was possibly part of the problem where I had shrunk myself to get the job. And then when I got the job, I was doing things that they weren't expecting me to do and having confidence and coming up with ideas. And you would think were positive things. And I'm sure they have a different, a different viewpoint on this. I'm sure completely, but I think that they eventually <laughs> saw a different side of me in the job that wasn't, you know, the, the introverted girl that, that came into interview that was just going to do what they said. And so I think that that was potentially part of the problem. So don't shrink yourself because it may cause problems down the road and you, you will be unhappy. That is very true. And I think that don't shrink yourself is excellent advice for all facets of life, not even oh, yeah. just at, at our jobs, but it, it is good advice. I was going to ask you a misstep that you see for women breaking into the sports and entertainment industry, and perhaps it is don't shrink yourself. Do you have any others that you have thought of? Um, I mean, that's definitely a big one because I think a lot of us do it. We feel like mm -hmm. we need to be the person that they we think that they want for the job instead of, you know, they, they should be hiring for a best fit. And that might be your personality. If you show up authentically, your personality might not be a fit, but honestly, like better to get the no and the interview than down the line and figure that out while you're in the job. Um, and so, yeah, just show up authentically as yourself and, and it might be harder to get a job, but the right job will come along for sure. How are you seeing opportunities grow and change for women in sports. I know we have a lot of work to do and a lot of places to improve, but over the last several years, have you seen improvement? Does it feel like things maybe are getting better in terms of opportunity? Maybe not in terms of once you're there, what we spoke about earlier, but um, are you seeing improvement? Overall, yes. I think just the wave of digital the past five, 10 years was huge just for women, just for more opportunities. Um, mm -hmm. but as far as like what women can do, I think that's tough because it's kind of like the supply and demand thing where there's a huge supply of super talented women who want to work in sports. Um, but there are gatekeepers as I like to call them who kind of run all the businesses, organizations, leagues, all of that. Um, and I think they would say the demand for women in sports still isn't to the level that it actually is. Um, and so I think that that's just a tricky thing to navigate, but I think the future is incredibly bright and I think it is, there are exponentially more opportunities than there were when I started mm -hmm. and when you started, but, um, unfortunately it's, there's no rhyme or reason to a lot of it, but it's, it is kind of a lot of networking and putting yourself out there and, and taking risks and, but now with digital and social, you can start your own thing and get attention. I know so many people who've gotten jobs just by using social media to create random things, fake things, like not actually covering anything, but just creating their own show or, or acting like they're covering things. And like you can get discovered so easily now. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the future is bright and you just got to put yourself out there and opportunities hopefully will come. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the nice thing about there, there are a lot of evils of social media and we could talk about that in a minute. But one of the good things about it is that you can just decide to start something one day. Mm -hmm. It could be an Instagram. It could be a podcast. You could do an Instagram live every day. You could do a show on your Instagram story. You could do a reel. You could do a TikTok, whatever it is. There's so many things you can do and you can just start it. So sometimes we need to create our own opportunities. 
And it, there should be more opportunities. There should not be gatekeepers. And hopefully starting a business like yours or having fangirl, different kind of companies to bring more and more women into the fold helps things, but we still can create our own when we need to. Yep. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about social media before we get into the day in the life, which is one of my most favorite things. But let's talk a little <laughs> bit about social media and kind of the the pitfalls, the positives, and how you handle them. Yeah. I feel like, again, I've been in stealth in my company for the past two years. So I feel like my social media has been very ambiguous for the last two years and people have not known what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. And that's been on purpose. Um, but obviously I've worked in it for a long time, whether for brands or for individual athletes. And so there's immense upside and immense downside Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) and all the opportunity in the world, but you know, fame and attention comes with haters and negativity. And that obviously can take a toll on anybody's mental health. Um, You know, I think as humans, we tend to focus on the negative, we can have 10,000 negative comments if there's one negative or 10,000 positive. And if there's one negative, mm-hmm. we're going to focus on the negative. Um, and so I think mental health absolutely can be wrecked by social media. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's kind of that balance of sharing enough um, to entice people, but also protecting your peace, protect, protecting your privacy mm-hmm. and, um, you know, only sharing what you want to share um, and, and, I'm a big advocate for sharing a lot. And obviously that can make people a lot of money, but I also understand that athletes specifically is who I work with. And so for them, they want to keep their privacy. Mm -hmm. And so I also advocate for them to do that as well. And there's a way to do it. And I've talked about this on the pod before with various guests and, but there is a way to do it where you can share and people can feel like they know you, but they're still, you're able to keep a piece of you private and it, piece of you for you or whatever it is that you don't want to share and it it is it's a fine line Mm -hmm. but you can do it and you can kind of figure like what are the verticals what are the things that I am willing to share what are the things I want to talk about and what are the things I don't and then if you just stick to them it can be really helpful and in terms of the negative block them I mean I'm a big (laughs) fan of I hate to say it but like I mean I don't know why I hate to say it I really don't but like if you not you but the because you would never but if a universally you write something super mean and negative on my Instagram you're getting blocked like that's it Mm -hmm. you're getting blocked end of story because why I'm not I don't need to give you a chance (laughs) I don't know you you're not nice you're getting blocked um on Twitter I don't, and I don't get like a ton, but on Twitter, it depends if it's just kind of annoyingly negative, I'll mute, but if it's offensive or just mean you get blocked and that's, and there's not to be nothing to be afraid of and don't be afraid to mute either. It's real helpful on all the platforms. It really is. (laughs) Um, but I think it's important to remember that and you don't know these people and their opinion doesn't matter that somebody who you've never met before, who does not know you, who feels the need to go on an Instagram photo or on a tweet and say something really mean to you. The problem is with them. It is not with you. For sure. Yeah. And I think um, a big part of it comes back to even just focusing on your real life friends Mm -hmm. in life as well. It's easy to get sucked into social and all that it brings. Um, But if you have a solid circle around you in real life, then hopefully you can laugh about the mean things that people say with them and then they can say positive things instead of, you know, getting down on um, just what's happening on the internet. Exactly. Cause it's the internet. 
It's not your real yeah. life. <laughs> Speaking of real life, though, see how I did that little transition? Ooh. I'm really proud of myself on that. Look at you. You're a pro. Uh, this is one of my favorite parts of every podcast, just because I love hearing about people's days because I'm weird, but I think it's fun. But can you take us through a day in the life of Margot Gill? Yeah, it's not super exciting, but <laughs> uh, wake up. I am not a morning person. So for me, and there are certain exceptions, but very rarely does work start before 10 a.m. Um, and so 10 a.m. is really when like I'll first open my laptop, emails, check, see if there's anything I need to do, read some, some articles that have happened, um, those type of things. And 11 a.m., um, meeting with my co-founder, that can be 10 minutes, that can be three hours, depending on what's going on. Is it every uh, day? It's or is it typically scheduled for every day, but we don't always, sometimes we'll cancel okay. it if like there's not like a big change. Um, but yeah, it just depends what's going on. Um, and then usually after that, I'll do a workout, which could be my Peloton, could be going to a class, not every day, but we're going to, this is like, we'll say it's my best day. So we're going to say today has a workout <laughs> <laughs> and then eat lunch. Um, and then the afternoon is really just kind of working with Posse. Again, we're bootstrapping it. And so I'm not taking money from it. So I do have another client that I work with as well. So that's usually in the afternoon. Um, it doesn't take up every single day. But okay. again, we'll just say today I'm working with them. <laughs> and so spend a couple hours on, on work with them. And then if the workday's done, you know me, I like to grab dinner with a friend. So we'll say I'm getting dinner with Tracy. <laughs> For sure. When I was in Dallas, those were some of my most fun I know. I know. I know. We need to come back soon. But We'll talk about that I do. off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then, yeah, come home and I'll probably check emails again or see if there's anything I need to do with Posse related to anybody, um, related to anything or any, anyone related to that. And then, yeah, my, my nights are pretty boring. I'm probably in bed watching a show on social media until mm -hmm. I fall asleep, which is like the worst thing you can do, have multiple screens in your face. But it is what it is. <laughs> But we we are where we are we in are. the world today. Yes, yes. Are you watching anything good right now? This is just an aside for me and my listeners. Oh man, put me on the spot. What am I watching? I mean, I my guilty pleasure is terrible reality TV. So love me some like 90 Day Fiance, Married at First Sight. Um, I used to be a big Bachelor fan, but haven't watched lately. But this is a black bachelorette, so maybe I will catch up on this season. Okay. Um, but I did just start Netflix. Lincoln Lawyer season two came out, so I did start one episode of that. But other than that, sports. But right now, it's a little bit more dead with sports. It is. We're in the relatively quiet time. So <laughs> it's funny because we're in the quiet time, but just this week we had Summer League, the All-Star Game. And the SBs. So it is the it's a quiet time of sports, but there's also seems to always kind of be something going on. Yeah, for sure. And WNBA and WNBA, WNBA is going on. Yeah, so. we got and then the World Cup starting soon. I mean, things are mm -hmm. things are going to be yeah. happening soon. But there, it's just, oh, for sure. It's funny. I don't know. It, it does feel quiet, but like not that quiet. If that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Well, before I let you go, we have to do my other favorite part of the podcast, which is five fun facts. And I think, you know, our listeners know this is something I do with the 49ers players, but on this podcast, we ask everybody the same five questions and then we get mm -hmm. five very different answers. So if you are ready, yes, five fun facts with Margot Gill. 
Margo, what is your favorite moment in sports? So this one, I didn't know which way to take it, but I'm going to go with a personal family one. Um, since my dad is a football coach, well, was, he's retired. Um, and so the 2008 MAC championship game, which people are going to be like, doesn't matter to anybody else, but <laughs> the backstory, it's yes, <laughs> the backstory, um, you know, my dad uh, was a coach and so it was his first um head coaching gig was at the University of Buffalo. He's probably most known for his time at, the Nebraska, at Nebraska. Um, he won three national championships there as an assistant coach, and then he went to the Green Bay Packers, and then he got his first head coaching job at Buffalo. And um, when he got there, they were ranked 119 out of 119 teams. Oh, wow. And so that was in 2006 was his first season. And so the, in 2008 was his third season. And they made it to the MAC championship. And they were playing number 12 ranked Ball State. And they ended up just dominating and won 42 to 24. And so it was just a really, really cool and special experience. And um, yeah, they, they ended the season ranked 39, which like isn't great, but went from 119th to 39 in three seasons. And so it was, it was a really cool, special experience. <laughs> That's awesome. 119 to 39 in three seasons is amazing. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, I think so too. So, oh, so yeah, that was fun. What is your life motto? I feel like you're going to agree with this, but work hard, play hard. As you know, I like to work hard. I'm very ambitious, but I also like some me time. I like to travel. I like the spa. I need to take care of myself. So best of both worlds for sure. I thousand percent agree with that. What is, <laughs> and you kind of did touch on it earlier, but what would you consider your go-to workout right now? Yeah, I like cycling for sure. Um, Use my Peloton. But yeah, if I go to a class, I like cycling. Pilates is cool. I don't know. I like cycling. Well, there you go. If you like it, you like it. What is your (laughs) go-to coffee order? This changes often. But right now, I am on a cold brew cook with a splash of vanilla or a lavender matcha. From La La Land? Yes. (laughs) Because Margo and I had like a very great routine in Dallas. La La Land in the morning, go about our business, reconvene for dinner, <laughs> brunch, and then a coffee, we bop around. Really, we had a great, yeah. a great thing. We really did. Yeah, it was good mm-hmm. to come back soon, as we said. And then last but not least, a book every woman should read. We Should All Be Millionaires. It's a book by Rachel I Rogers. Agree. And <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> it's about making money, living your best life. But yeah, we should all be millionaires. I love it. Margo. Thank you so much for joining me today. This was so much fun. Yes. Thanks for having me. Uh, will you let everybody know where they can find you, please? Yes. Uh, social media, just at Margot Gill. That's M-A-R-G-A-U-X-G-I-L-L. The same on all. And buildyourposse.com? Yes. Fantastic, you guys. If you like what you heard, and I know you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star rating and a very positive review. We are brought to you by Bet Online. You can find me at Tracy Sandler on Instagram. You can find Fangirl at Fangirl Sports Network. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye, all. Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com.